Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. What games are happening, what games are not this fall? 
the NFL Top 100 Overrated, Underrated, and your Chicago Cubs are on top of the NL Central. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day out there. Hope you are beating the heat in some way whatsoever. Thanks for taking your uh, 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 waterproof radios with you out on the river and listening to us. We really appreciate that. Shout out to all the kids on the river. That is pretty much everybody that's not a working schlep like the two of us. Uh, if you would like to go ahead and get online and listen to uh, the show live, you can do that. 1029ESPN.com. That is the website. The stream is there. It is available under the Listen Live tab. Why? Because when you click on it, you are listening live. And it is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call or text, you can do it. 361-3688. Area code 406-361-3688 is the phone number. Again, you can call or text that line anytime you would like. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Coulter, I don't believe in karma. I'll tell you why. You did me a very nice turn. You brought me in an iced coffee. I appreciate that very much. And then you opened your bag and water had spilled everywhere. And it's just, it's not fair. Like you do a nice thing for me. A nice thing should happen to you. So everybody talks about karma all the time. I don't buy it, man. Bad things happening to good people. It's unacceptable. Uh, catastrophe averted. It's not just spilled water. My I, water bottle. I didn't know how much my water bottle was in my car on top of my bag that has my new football cards in it. <laughs> Got a Josh Jacobs auto in there. Can't Did you be, open it? Can't be getting that messed up. Were they open? This is actually something I haven't bought. I, I, I need to go see our friends down at Zootown Sports Cards. Shout out to those guys, by the way. We will be doing a rip session soon. We're going to oh reinstitute boy. that cool okay. portion of this show. But these are cards I actually bought a little while ago, last time I was in there. And uh, I'm going to my mother's house tonight to work on my collection. collection and I was going to put these in pages. But they, yes, they are open. But they're all in protective mechanisms and... Nothing got wet, and so we're good. Wow, that was a disaster. I mean, it's only like a two hundred and fifty dollars box of cards. You know, you might as well spill the whole water bottle on them. You know, if it was anybody else, I'd say, "How could that happen?" But if it's you, I would be amazed if they stay dry. You know, this is this is what you do. Uh, let's go through what we have in the show today. <laughs> uh, we had some breaking news yesterday that we talked about the Pioneer Football League, which Moorhead State plays in. That is uh, important because Moorhead State is scheduled to play at the University of Montana on September 19th. It was the last remaining of the two home non-conference games for the Grizzlies. Uh, that, obviously, if they were to go to a conference-only schedule, would mean that that game would be off they are working through right now, and specifically the athletic director of Moorhead State, looking for a waiver to play that game anyway. There's also money on the line, but I, I feel like that's got to be in flux as well. So we'll have a conversation about that and where we're at. Also, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference has said that it is not yet ready to make a decision, though it sounds like the Big Sky Conference is probably going to make a decision on Friday. Uh, we will come back to this, but 
huge, huge show for you on Friday. We are going to uh, hear from, well, basically everybody that knows anything about this live on the air on Friday, just one after another. We're just going to go through it, do the whole thing for everybody at one, one shot on Friday afternoon. So we'll come back to that here in a little bit. Mark Emmert made a statement, the uh, NCAA uh, president uh, earlier today, talking about a, a number of different things. So we'll talk about that as well. Also, Dylan Rollins. Uh, he continues to get some offers rolling in. He's obviously, the, again, the outstanding offensive lineman from Sentinel High School. Uh, received offers over the weekend, uh, late last week over the weekend, from Oregon State, BYU, and Utah State. Uh, that is adding to a, a list, a long, a, an ever-increasing uh, list of teams that are getting looks. We wanted to talk about that, but also talk about why that is and what that so some of the particulars about how this is coming about for him. He's a great player, but he's also a great player who's finally starting to get seen a little bit, yep. and that is important, and what that import could be in the state of Montana in general. The Chicago Cubs. Coulter, okay, I was telling you this, okay? I believe this is right now. i got to go back to the box store and confirm this, but the Cubs were up 8-1 over the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. Yep. They, that was in the middle of the fifth or middle of the sixth inning. They won the game miraculously, eight to seven, leaving the bases loaded in the ninth. They gave up six runs in the final three innings, three or four innings, whatever it was, left 10 batters stranded, 10 runners stranded. And I believe, are you ready? Didn't give up a hit. What? Think about that in the last four innings. It was walk after walk after walk. A two-run scored on an absolute complete whiff air in right field. It was just horrendous. It looked for all the world like they were going to blow what was five innings of shutout baseball from John Lester last night, fortunately. They did figure it out. They're three and one, and uh, that's the same thing. By the way, if we're doing our math right, is being nine and three right, right. now. So uh, it's not quite the same. It's not two point seven. But anyway, uh, that's good. It's a good start. You got to get up there, start getting a little bit above five hundred. So I'm amazed about this in the major in Major League Baseball. By the way, we're four games in, and in some cases, three games into this season. Mm-hmm. There's nobody undefeated, and there's nobody that hasn't won a game. Interesting. Isn't that something? I, like everybody, but that's also baseball. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, but when you're talking about 30 teams, somebody should be 3-0 and o or 4-0, and o, and somebody should be 0-3 or 4. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody's 3-1 and one or 1-3, and 2-1, and 1-2. One, one and that's it. Except for the Marlins who are I mean, if it goes that, two games. If it goes that way all summer, it won't surprise me. I mean, if the winners of divisions are just uh, if these if these records look like Pioneer League records at the end of the year, it won't surprise me. Like the Osprey have won the Pioneer League multiple on multiple occasions when they're like two games above five hundred. Well, it won't surprise me. A normal, a, a normal. If you're ninety five and what is it sixty seven, right in a season, mm-hmm. that's a good season, and you are usually right there. In, uh, a win percentage of what? Sixty-seven, like two-thirds. No, no, uh, Ninety-five and sixty-seven. So it's not a two-thirds winning percentage, but it's it's co- going in that direction. But you're 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 division champ. Uh, usually, as you're sitting there, what twenty-eight games above five hundred. Yeah. Ninety. Will ninety wins get you there? Ninety wins usually gets you in the mix for the division Close, title, right? Yeah. But that's if 90- you win your division with ninety wins, it's usually a bad division. Okay, but ninety. But is not. 72. But like ninety. Three is good. Ninety-five and ninety-six is great. A hundred is obviously 
Oh, really great. Well, this is perfect. If you're 90 and 72, yep. you're 28 games above 500. Is that right? No, excuse me, 18 games above 555 500. 555 win percentage. Okay, it's 18 games of five above 500. Mm-hmm. Okay, divide that by not quite three, Yep. okay, and you are at six. Mm-hmm. If you're six or seven games above 500 when it's all said and done, that's going to be the equivalent as far as a winning percentage goes of winning 90 games. So the space that you have to work with here is 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 <laughs> limited, to say the least, and we knew that. Go to the top of the hour, looking forward to this. The NFL Top 100 is is being rolled out. They've gotten to number, they've gotten through the top, the, the, or the bottom, however you want to talk about it, 40. 40 through 100 are out, okay? One through 39 haven't, or one through 40, I guess, haven't been unveiled yet. But we wanted to do some overrated and some underrated with players that are there. Uh, and so we will do that a little bit and have a little NFL discussion there uh, at the top of the hour. And maybe a little bit of quarterback stuff because the Athletic released its tiered quarterbacks as well. Uh, and uh, guess who isn't in top, the top tier? <laughs> the MVP of the league. guy named Lamar <laughs> Jackson. So uh, there we go. So there's the show today. That's what we're looking at. Uh, Coulter, let's jump into this. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, but we want to talk about this obviously uh, uh, some more. Again, the Pioneer League is a, an FCS league, but it is a non-scholarship football league. Right. So it's but a, they do have an auto bid to the playoffs. They have an auto bid to That's the playoffs. New. That's only been right. for the last two years. And they have an auto bid to the playoffs, and they have uh, really uh, it's. The, the connection of these schools is not geographic. It isn't even athletic. I mean, it is in a sense because it's a football average, but it is a fact. It is about the sort of financial cost of attendance and the uh, academic prowess of the institutions that are involved, which is very high in the Pioneer Football League. Absolutely. I mean, the, for those that aren't familiar with the Pioneer Football League, this actually has some history that has a little bit of a connection to Montana, this, the state of Montana, because uh, for those people that have followed Montana State football, Rob Ash, who was at Montana State for nine years, he was previously the coach at Drake for 16 seasons. Okay, Drake has been known exclusively as a track school in Des Moines, Iowa. The Drake Relays are one of the biggest track meets in the world every single year. And their track facility is second to none. They have Olympic trials there and things like that. But Drake never really had football at any sort of high level. And Rob Ash sort of helped build that. But then he wanted to have some semblance of a league. And where Drake was, combined with their academic prowess as well as their um, high cost of tuition, he wanted to find some sort of peer institutions. And it obviously wasn't going to be Iowa, Iowa State, or anybody in the Missouri Valley or anybody in the Illinois. And so he kind of went out looking and the first iteration of the Pioneer Football League included San Diego. That's what Jim Harbaugh was still at the University of San Diego. And then it's kind of grown from there. And now you know, Butler has added football. Marist has added football. Um, Dayton has joined the, big, or the, the Pioneer Football League. And so they have some far-flung but actually pretty good schools because, I mean, schools like Dayton, because they've had so much success in basketball, it's actually ironic, almost every school – makes their money in football, and then pours it into men's basketball. Dayton has had so much success in men's basketball, particularly from hosting the first four in the NCAA tournament. They've been able to sort of revitalize their football program, and Drake is still fine, solid, and San Diego has been awesome. I mean, ever since Jim Harbaugh left for Stanford and Dale Lennon took over, if you want to see one of the most anomalous and impressive resumes in all the FCS, I don't know if people really know this. Dale Lennon 
was the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants in the 1980s. I mean, he was he was Lawrence Taylor's linebacker coach for a decade. And then coached in the NFL through the 90s, too. And he's in his 70s, and he wanted to just retire in San Diego. So he's been leading USD football. But yep. now they've gotten to the point where they're actually competitive. They have an auto bid. I mean, San Diego has been good. They beat Cal Poly in the playoffs a couple yep. years ago. I mean, they, they San Diego's been very good. They're the ones that kind of defy the model of being private, non-scholarship, because University of San Diego is so expensive that they pretty much offer everybody an academic scholarship to then play football. But it's such a beautiful campus in a beautiful place. It is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some nice campuses around the country. San Diego's pretty tough to well, be. If you're going to pay 68 grand a year, you yeah. probably should have some nice amenities. So there should be a palm tree and an ocean. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But regardless, the Pioneer Football League is actually, they used to just be kind of an afterthought. And playing a Pioneer League team was very akin to playing a, a Division II team. And oftentimes, not even as good as a Division II team. Pioneer League teams were not even on par with like a Central Washington or a Humboldt State. Mm-hmm. But now they are. And and uh, I don't really actually know much about Moorhead State, who the Greers were slated to play. But the Pioneer Football League saying that they're going to go conference only is actually... There's so many different ways to read into these adjustments and sometimes cancellations. In this specific case, I actually don't think it's a bad thing because Moorhead State has got Moorhead State with the Pioneer League going conference only. Their game against the University of Montana is in flux, but it's not canceled yet. They're trying to get a waiver from the Pioneer Football League to then play in Washington Grizzly Stadium on September 19th. So although it looks like a cancellation, it actually hasn't been canceled. Right. So we'll see where we're at with that. I spoke with Kent Haslam, University of Montana Athletic Director, earlier today, and he confirmed with me that uh, the Grizzlies are paying a quarter million dollars to Moorhead State to come to Missoula. Okay. For a small school like that, that's a sizable payday. So they're going to really want to come here and play for the money more than anything else. Okay, it's sign- that is a significant payday, and I wanted to ask you about this very thing. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Uh, You know, in speaking... Uh, with Haslam today, I realize if you have a contract mm-hmm. and the game happens, mm-hmm. you're kind of on the hook for that. But also, again, I mean, not to get all baseball-y on it, but like if there's nobody going to the game, for right. instance, or right. if there's... Does the guarantee it, change? You know, it, I, I, I wonder, I mean, it's hard to have a COVID rider in a contract that was put together four years ago. Right. When I say hard, I mean absolutely impossible. There is no such thing. But is there... Is there any sort of qualification or, or, or something like that that, you know, presumes like, hey, you know, we're going to have people. I mean, the, the overriding assumption, if you're putting contracts together for the University of Montana, like Kent Haslam has for the last Ten years. decade, yeah. is there's going to be a bare minimum of 18,000 people for a non-conference game against a team that nobody I mean, knows, and probably 24,000. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, I mean, and when you talk about tickets sold and season tickets, which is even higher than what the, the actual attendance might be sometimes. Yeah. Like, that, that's you just that's what it is. I mean, let, I mean, let's be honest. I, there hasn't actually been a, a non-conference football game at the University of Montana that hasn't had at least 24,000 people in, in my lifetime. Yeah. It's always towards the end of the year when the playoff games are around Thanksgiving and it's cold. 
September games are almost always sold out because it's beautiful. People want to go hang out and tailgate. They don't and, care who Montana's playing. And and so, and yet, you know, there's, I mean, there, there's certain insurances, right, where they just put, well, except for act of God or something like this in there that's right. like a catch-all for, we don't know what could happen, but if it turns out that there's nobody at the game, who knows what that case could be? Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it was an earthquake, maybe it was, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Then this this would shift because that is money that is being paid on the presumption of a significant revenue that is that may or may not be happening, right? Both athletic directors uh, from the state of Montana, Ken Haslam, University of Montana, Leon Costello, Montana State University, will both join us on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through some of this stuff with them. That is actually a question I want to ask. I have a lot of questions that I want to ask. I-, I was talking to Kent last night as well, and he, you know, he was saying, <laughs> I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. Everybody's asking us all these questions that we don't know the answers to. It's really hard just having basic conversations with people because everybody wants to ask us, mm-hmm. what's going on? Are we having football? I don't know. The answer yeah. is I don't know. Yeah. But I do want to know some of the logistical questions because, for example, I've referenced this on the show before, but, for example, Northern Colorado was scheduled to get an $850,000 payday to play at Florida. I believe it was either two or three seasons ago. That game was canceled because of a hurricane. Right. Florida paid Northern Colorado that money. Mm. That was considered a, quote-unquote, act of God. Right. I have not seen any of the these schools, the big schools, paying out, like, Portland State, for example, was supposed to play Wazoo and Oregon State for, to the tune of $950,000 total. I have not seen any news that they're going to have to pay. That's what I want to know is what's the difference between a pandemic and a hurricane? Well, the difference, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking with no knowledge whatsoever, okay? So let me make a definitive <laughs> statement about the way the world works. America 2020. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, you just fall in line with everybody else. Florida no Florida's not playing in that game and they don't care that they're not playing in that game but there is no worry about quote unquote lost revenue. I mean maybe for that one game however many people would have attended that game that then didn't happen at Florida against Northern Colorado of all teams. Right. You know, okay, that's Drop that's a bucket. loss. But it's nothing compared to an ac- an athletic department and a, f- a football program at, in Gainesville that is just rolling into conference play, and they know that this is happening, and they their their budget is solid and secure. No one's budget is solid and secure. Right. No one's. Right. And right, so right. the uh, to me that's where well, let's just everybody's going to have to take a step back, and we're going to figure out like where these payments actually stand. And one question that I think we can ask the athletic directors when we have them on is, is what are the contract provisos for things like this, or right. are there? Because there will be a definitive answer to that question. No, no doubt. A- absolutely no doubt. Hopefully there's a game on the 19th. That would uh, be great. Right. And, and th- I mean, this comes down to the Montana perspective because you might be saying, wow, quarter million dollars, that's a big chunk t- for the University of Montana to pay a non-scholarship team that has not really been playing Division One football for very long. But on the other hand, Montana stands to make upwards of $5 million plus dollars per home game. I shouldn't say make. That's the revenue that they're going to accumulate. It, yeah. It's, it, and so each home game, it, I mean, that's where this is so impactful is like right now, Central Washington game is canceled. Mm-hmm. Montana's second non-conference game at Missouri State. They'll get a, a, a pay for that, probably a little higher than what Moorhead State's getting, but, mm-hmm. but you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. But that's nothing compared to if they host a home game. But if they lose this uh, the second non-conference home game, that knocks it down to four home games instead of six. Mm-hmm. That's huge 
for Montana. Well, I mean, again, I don't. But then they also I, I don't could, think it's that huge. I mean, well, they could replace the dates though too. That's the other lingering thing here is that, on one hand, you have two sort of non-headlining teams coming to to University of Montana. Yeah, and maybe you can replace them with somebody else. Maybe you can get South Dakota State to come here. That could be a lot uh, higher revenue. But then again, it all comes down to how many fans can we have right. in the stands. I mean, the, 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 the conversation that assumes that the revenue is just what the revenue is, I think, is just like, that ain't the case. Sure, you know? sure. The, the, the lost revenue for a game that isn't there, is, if you're looking for silver lining, is way smaller than what the actual lost revenue would be in, in any other scenario. Well, as Greg Medea from the Daily News and Record in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, who covers James Madison, yep. told us, he said, well, here's the deal. It's not as if James Madison has to go out. And James Madison's exploring playing this independent schedule, right? It's not as if James Madison has to go out and schedule. They don't have to build the schedule from scratch September 5th through November 21st and have 10 or 11 new games. As it stands right now, he was under the assumption that at least six and maybe as many as eight of the games that they currently have on their schedule are still available. And then they also could move a couple games I think they like, had a non-conference against Chattanooga that they could have moved them a month or six weeks later. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with this because I think that there's all these unanswerable questions. How many fans can you have in the stadium? Is it worth it for the league? All that. But if you're just talking in projections and you're talking about building an independent schedule, what games do you already have on your schedule that you can just keep on your schedule? Mm-hmm. That's the difference right now between the Grizz and the Cats to me mm-hmm. is the tenuous nature of I think Montana has more home games that they could lose just based – I think that Montana, if they were to do an independent schedule, is going to have to remake the pretty much the entire home schedule because the other four remaining home games are Cal Poly for homecoming, Sac State, Southern Utah, and Montana State. I do not expect Cal Poly and Sac State to be able to travel. Yeah. Up here, I don't expect Southern Utah to be able to be able to fund going independent. So now you have one game that's a home game. You still might be able to play your away games yeah. that are on your schedule, but I just I don't know. I, I I don't know, but I think that's going to be when we're talking about just projecting based on the under the assumption that we are still cautiously optimistic we might have some semblance of football. I think that those games losing those games puts them in a harder situation than what Montana State has. Like Dixie State, September 19th, I think that that's, for for Montana State, a little bit more realistic. At Portland State, I don't know, but Northern Colorado coming to Bozeman, that seems more realistic than Sac State or Cal Poly coming to Missoula, right? Yeah. Idaho State coming to Bozeman seems a lot more realistic. Yeah. Idaho coming to Bozeman seems a lot more realistic. So the Cats have less games than I think that if it all goes down – I think they have less games that they're going to have to explore replacing if they chose to go this independent route. It's 2 tell new on us, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Um, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference, Patty Viverito, Viverito uh, released a statement today uh, on behalf of the conference. The commissioner is Doug Elgin, uh, Elgin. But they basically said, we are not prepared to make a decision at this time. And... It, sort of in effect, we're waiting to see what everybody else does before we make a decision. Now, in addition to the athletic directors on Friday, we're also uh, happy to be joined by Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. So we're, we're we're trying to get everybody in here on what is the last day of the month and what was the day that was sort of scheduled to be the announcement day. So hopefully Friday will be a, a very informative show, at least as much as we can have on the last day of July 2020. Um 
my thought is that the 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 relationship between the big sky and between Commissioner Wistersill and Commissioner Elgin is crucial for football because all the things that you talked about, Coulter, what what are the chances that Cal Poly or UC Davis or Sac State right. is going to be able to travel or go someplace or have games? Southern Utah, what's their financials? You know, all that stuff. We don't know the answers to that. The the regional like opponents and also the the conference that you would want to play anyways is the Missouri Valley. And I think there there is a level at which I think you could cobble together a uh, uh, a two conference wide conference schedule between the teams that are still able and willing to play football. I right. have no idea the lay of the land in the Missouri Valley in terms of the individual member institutions and what their desire is, comfort is, ability is to play football on schedule this fall. Presumably, well, I mean, let's talk about that just for a second because okay. I, I do think that they're. I can tell you this right now, the South Dakota schools want to play. Mm-hmm. The political climate right now in South Dakota is to be fully, full bore, let's go. No pandemic is going to take us down. That's just been the way South Dakota's handled it, for better or for worse. Whether the state is handling it that way and whether you know the the, the University of South Dakota and South Dakota State are handling it that way, though, is, is two different things. But in general, you're right. And also... The, the the good thing that you would say about the Missouri Valley is that, in general, it is a rural conference, right? I mean, yes. where their schools are located, Certainly. Macomb, even Fargo, even though that's a quarter million people in that sure. Fargo-Moorhead area, obviously. It's Brookings, not Sacramento, though. All the way it's down. It's not Portland. Is, right. there, is there one school that is in a major metropolitan area? I mean, we got Sacramento and Portland in the Big Sky Conference. I don't know. I don't know that anybody's in St. Louis. You know, Missouri no. State's not in in St. Louis, Missouri. No, it's not. So Northern Iowa's rural. Yeah, um, Southern Illinois is r- is relatively Relic- rural. Yeah, Macomb right. is certainly rural. Definitely. Western Illinois. So I mean, I think you know the Illinois schools we talked about from a financial standpoint is who, who just because of state support. Who knows what's going to happen there? But it seems like there's on that surface level, good reason to think that some of those schools would be able to go. But I, I would think that that would be very significant to the Big Sky Conference in terms of maybe being able to find teams that you would be able, you know, who would be able and willing to schedule, you know, games with you. And by the way, if there's no fans, you know, or limited fans, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a neutral site crazy? Like I mean, you know, if 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 travel yeah, if travel is a big deal, here, let me ask you something: Is it better for one team to fly two ways there and back, whichever it is, or for both teams to get on a bus and meet in the middle? I don't know. How do you produce revenue, though? That's the question. Well, I mean, look, man, you got to you got to produce some sort of revenue. I don't think there's going to be much. The revenue that is going to be produced is going to be in the form of the way of what it's what it is right now, which is people who are willing to allow their ticket sales, to, their season ticket buys to 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 just be, to effectively be donations to the school and get whatever they get out of it, whether it's right. the ability to watch the game or whatever it is. If there is some attendance, then that obviously takes what I'm saying off the table. But if there's no attendance, then then what you're talking about is it's it. I mean it's it's gonna it's a financial loss for everybody, man. Like how many how many bartenders have have you know lost 
you know, their their livelihood in the sure. last three months. You know, now it's coming back. I understand. You know, so it's. I understand that it's all about revenue, but if there's no revenue to be had, then that's what it is, and you're going to have to find another way. And if you're going to play football, then all the and now you have to have a dance partner, right? Like right. you're going to have to find a, a quote middle ground, and maybe that middle ground is a literal one. Maybe that middle ground is is an actual eight hour bus ride for both teams to some place that's a football field that's. You're not going to have fans anyway. You just play at a high school stadium. You just do it. You set up TV cameras. You play ball. We're up against it. So uh, on the other side, we'll talk to you about the perils of waiting till the spring, the advantages of waiting to the spring, what Portland State football feels about all of this, and how that's going to matriculate through everything else, along with a statement from Missouri State Athletic Director Kyle Motes in terms of waiting the uh, the pandemic continues to make this college football season endlessly fascinating, if nothing else. Two Tell Noirs, one two nine ESPN Missoula. Kurtz Polaris is at twenty nine hundred four West Broadway in Missoula, Highway eighty three in Sealy. Two locations online at kurtzpolaris.com. You can see the whole inventory there, and in that inventory, you're going to see a whole bunch of the things that you want. Okay, summer is at its peak. Fall also a great time of year. Dirt bikes, side by sides. You get them at Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, top of the line, top of the industry, brand new 2021 models available. Go check them out. That's your thing. You can't do better than at Kurtz Polaris. All the side-by-sides, Polaris has carved out industry standard name recognition for what they do with their generals, their razors, their rangers. They got them there, too. And now, figured, why, why just stay on the land when you can get on the water in a crest pontoon boat? Pontoon boats... All new, beautiful, spectacular Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Some of the way you always envision online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. At Gus Tutel on Twitter. Go follow along there. We have some fun on the, uh, what? Twitter, Twitter verse, Twitter sphere. Something like that. Okay. Still can't believe Twitter's free. You know, I saw a comic one time <laughs> that, uh, that had a bunch of pigs eating slop. Okay. And the pigs were saying to each other, I can't believe they feed us this for free. And it said, if you're getting something for free, the product is you. 
And that is the truth. Yeah, it's true. It's probably actually the most expensive entity on earth because of the the amount of your soul you must give away to truly immerse yourself well, in the Twitter sphere. Let's put it like this. Uh, it ain't a nonprofit, okay? Yeah, it's yeah. Two Tell is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, also, by the way, speaking of Twitter, for free, you can follow at Skyline Sports NT and at 102.9 ESPN and, uh, you know, Enjoy being the product that is on Twitter with the rest of us. Uh, Coulter, go ahead. I know you had a number of things we didn't get to, so you you let her rip. A couple things. So I've been trying to articulate this. What... There's a definitive reason why the Big Sky Conference and the Missouri Valley Conference are different than every other conference in the FCS, and it's because of the waiting game that's necessary for them to play. Because as we know... There's teams in each league that can make significant money by hosting home games. There's other teams that can't, but if they get the right games on their schedule, assuming that we move away from the already established conference schedule and move to an independent schedule, Mm -hmm. there is teams that maybe don't draw 20,000 fans like an NDSU does that could still play, but it all depends on who else will play them. And that's not just the Cats and the Grizz and the Bison. It's the other schools. It's the bigger schools. So this is from Missouri State Athletic Director Kyle Motes. This is via Sam Herter, our buddy at Hero Sports. He said about the Missouri Valley, we want to wait until the very end. We're going to wait until the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC all make their decisions. We are not going to get out in front of them. Once they make their decisions, then our decisions will follow. Well, then the next day, Southern Illinois actually announced that it has added an FBS game against Kansas. Mm. That's the first addition I've heard. I've already heard nothing but cancellations. The Big Ten cutting non-conference games, that kills the Missouri Valley in the exact same way that the Pac-12 cutting Mm non-conference games kills the Big Sky. Mm -hmm. So many of the middle to bottom of the league teams in each league, they have to have those money games to carry on. What team team was that? Sorry, Kansas Kansas versus Southern Illinois. So Southern Illinois is going to go to Lawrence and take on Les Miles. Right. All right. But then you also have the Missouri State-Oklahoma game, which is hanging on. Still there, yeah. Missouri State, that's impactful because they host Montana, but they're going to absolutely want that Oklahoma game. I guarantee you that's a million-dollar payday. I mean, you're going to Norman, you're getting paid big time. That's a huge, huge game. Even if you're going to get whacked 65-0, you got to do it for the healthier athletic department. But the other thing is that those two games got moved up to week zero. They got Mm. waivers from the NCAA. So that means those schools can roll now. They can start fall camp now. They can open their season August 29th, the week before everybody else. So that's impactful just because if you can get those games in, it's a domino that helps it fall. Missouri State will certainly then probably keep their game with Montana at the very least, depending on how everything else falls, because they'll have that Oklahoma payday. That's what has to happen with the Big Sky. The Big Sky has to figure out a way to get Mountain West games if they want some of the middle-tier teams to play. The Big Sky also has to figure out a way to get some of the Missouri Valley teams to come play them in their house. Like the the Idaho State-Northern Iowa game that's already on the schedule, it needs to happen because that'll be a game that Idaho State can actually make a little bit of coin at the gate, make it realistic that they're going to continue to go. But I want to ask you this. Yeah. So we've... This is the great gamble of what the FCS is. So first and foremost, uh, also in my conversation with Ken Haslam, University of Montana Athletic Director last night, he said he thinks the most impactful date is not necessarily July 31st because I think the big sky will make a decision based on the conference, but that does not impact the decisions based on each individual school. Right. He said the most impactful date is going to be August 4th. 
August 4th, the NCAA Board of Directors and various commissioners from around the country are going to meet to discuss postseason play for fall sports, mm. period. Mm. Mm. So... Do you have a Division One soccer tournament, for example? Mm-hmm. Do you have a Division One volleyball tournament? But most importantly, do you have a Division One college football tournament? Because as you've pointed out multiple times, the Power Five, the college football playoff, is not an NCAA-sponsored event. It has its own committee. The NCAA does sponsor, though, the FCS playoffs. If they pull the plug on all postseason play, this is all for naught. It doesn't matter because if, yeah. th- if that happens, then you're going to the spring because if there's no postseason to play for, then there's only gonna there there would literally only be probably six to eight teams that would even explore playing in the fall. They won't. They're gonna move to the spring. Yeah, I, I, I I'm interested to hear what comes of this. I don't. I'm having a difficult time right now trying to ascertain decision making at the end of July and early August as it pertains to the end of August and early September. We're talking about a month out and. The amount of change and shifting and things that are happening with the virus, with schools and so on and so forth, is 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 the highest I have anyone I think has ever seen it. Okay, how you're now, how you're then going to make a decision now about what is going to happen in November and December and January? Right, seems I, I seems crazy. Um, what you know. I think the waiting game has much more to do with changes that could occur in the world that don't really have anything to do with science or viruses. Here's the thing. This is this is like disciplining a child, okay? <laughs> Tell me more. You can you can be hard on a child or you know discipline a child and then come back off of that and be and be easier and more gracious with a child as you go. Sure. But it's very difficult to be lenient for a long time. And then go hard. And then all right. of a sudden put, you know, lay the law down. Yeah. If you're going to have a postseason, you have to assume that you're having a postseason now of some sort. Now, if you want to not, you, you can say, and I would fully expect this, yeah. we're not having a 24-team FCS postseason tournament. No, we're not. Okay? But... You could say as an NCAA, we our goal right now, what we are going to prepare for is an eight-team national championship tournament, okay, when it's all said and done. We're going to try and get, go, go right into a quarterfinal and play that thing and prepare that that's going to happen. And then if you get to October 15th and it can't happen, then so be it. You can turn it off. But if you get to October 15th and you've – You've canceled the thing and go, you know what? We actually probably could do it. Well, it's going to be really hard actually to pull that thing off. The The thing that I hate about that is the idea that a bunch of kids, particularly seniors, go out to play under the presumption that they got something that they're playing toward. And then they find out halfway through when there's no turning back, you actually got nothing in terms of a, of a national championship that you're playing toward. So that is the thing that 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 uh, you know, and again, we've already seen this. Or it already happened in in kind of the worst possible way with basketball, right? I mean, they're there, they're ready to go, they're getting off the bus to go into the gym, and then they're getting back on the bus to go home, and that's it. So, you know, it certainly could happen. And again, some of this is is look, all of this is out of the kids' hands, right? And right. and a lot of it, it's out of the coaches' hands. Totally. It's it's all going to be made at an administrative level, and that's that's probably as it should be. But 
that is that's kind of where I'm at there. Three other points. One, okay. Bruce Barnum, head coach of Portland State, he said uh, on the radio the other day, on John Canzano's show on in Portland, mm-hmm. that he did a poll of his players and said, guys, your three options, or I guess your two options are if we don't play in the fall, play in the spring, or play in the fall. He was just gauging what their opinion of it was. He said it was however many guys are on their roster to zero of wanting to play next fall. By, by next fall, you mean now, this fall? The, no, next fall, the fall of 2021, 20, not the spring. Said none of them wanted to play in the spring. Oh, oh. so if there was no football this right now, delay it. would you want to go wait a full year or would you right. want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So gotcha. that's that's one factor because I think that, I don't know, I, I don't know very many guys that would want to play in the spring. If it does get moved to the spring, how do we ever get back on track? Because if the FCS plays in the spring, they will not play in the fall. I was reading through the NCAA bylaws. You have to have a certain amount of time during college football of offseason. Well, again... Then maybe they rewrite the bylaws have, for a certain to, year. All, everything now is exceptional, right? Sure, sure. But but I, I do think it'll be... A, a, there's a valid argument there because there's so many... Like the timing of surgeries, the timing of recovery. How does it all work? Yeah. Last thing is then weighing individuals versus teams. Because if I'm a guy like Sammy Akim, who has real, at the University of Montana, who has real NFL aspirations, and the NFL calendar starts rolling with you reporting to basically a, a training camp, an individual training camp, right after Christmas, training all the way until combine time, being ready for your pro day, then the NFL draft. You're not playing in your, your last college football season, I don't think. I don't think you're going to sacrifice chasing NFL because then there's throw off the whole cycle again. You can't just then sit out the whole next fall and then jump into the NFL pool. You're saying if, if it was in the spring. If it was in the spring. And so if you're a guy like a guy like Lewis Kidd, for example, at Montana State, I think he has an outside shot at getting it, uh, making an NFL team. I definitely think he's got an inside shot at making a um, a training camp. Oh, I mean, sure. yeah, I, I think yeah. he'll get into a camp for yeah. sure. I mean, he's you know he's six six three twenty. He's got the the measurables. But he's a guy that is graduating in December. What a what a horrible decision for guys like that we're talking about though to have to make if they don't have a season in the fall. They want to play their last year. They want to play their last Cat game. They want to chase a Big Sky title in the spring. But there's an uncertainty that surrounds the spring season. But also from an individual basis, you might just have to leave your team high and dry and go chase your NFL dreams. Yeah, I mean. So it, then, how does that impact the rest of the? FCS as well, because, I mean, there's very few programs that have legitimate NFL prospects, but the best ones do, and if those guys walk away, I mean, imagine if this situation was happening last year, and all of a sudden, Dante Olsen just didn't play for the Grizz. Here's the thing. It's very impactful. They've talked about, we. I've heard a lot of this talk on national sports talk radio. We certainly have talked about it a lot, but the, the, the... Uh, is is it official that NFL training camps are going from ninety to seventy five yep. or eighty? Is yep. that is that decision been that's, actually that's been, made? That's been solidified. Yep. Okay, seventy five is the number. Seventy five. Yep. Um, the, the 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 kids and the players who that absolutely kills are FCS kids, non uh, you know non drafted free agents that are there. <coughs> Who needed that time in that space? And they were going through, you know, in the NFL, the number of not undrafted guys who are, I mean, there's undrafted guys in the Hall of Fame, man, in the NFL. No doubt. And the point is, is that there are a lot of really good players who just aren't going to have a career that would have had a career if this would have never happened. That is, that is a fact. That is, that's the way it is. That said, 
the NFL is aware and teams are aware that these that these kids, these players at the FCS level, for instance, that there's some gems in there. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me. The presumption that they are just going to be hard and fast, and all these dates are going to say the same. That here's the combine, and if you're in the combine, you're there, and if you're and if you don't show up, well, then that's on you, and that's your shot that you missed, and you're going to have to figure it out. As I said, everything is exceptional right now. It is. The NFL. I just don't think the NFL is going to take much of an exception to any of it because we've already seen the just crazy impact this has had. Less guys on the Big Sky got free agent contracts than the, the, in the entire time I've covered. No, no doubt. Ten guys. That's it. But but all I'm saying is if they're back to, say they're back to 90 players next year, yeah, right? Right. And they know that an entire season of an entire division of Division One football is happening in the spring, which is overlapping with their draft and everything else. Would they move the draft? Maybe. Would they have a postseason FCS-only combine where they invite 10 kids at every position, you know, a mini combine, yeah. to come to come take a look? Maybe. I but, don't think so, man. I think they would just straight talk kids out of leaving. I think they would just say, say goodbye to your team. If you want an NFL shot, leave them high and dry. See, I don't think they'd be flexible at all when you're only talking about 10 guys. I'm not. I'm not. I said ten guys per position. So you're talking about a hundred guys as opposed to 350 or whatever it is. Yeah. All I'm saying is is I, I disagree with you, man. Like I think that the NFL would figure out a way to to the NFL. At the end of the day, the teams want to have the best players that they can possibly find, and some of those best players would be playing football at the time that the draft was happening. And so, you know, what would that those teams are going to go out of their way, whether it's just watching them play. Maybe it gives them more exposure because they're actually playing football while all of the scouting is taking place. You know, I I, I don't know. But I think that, that they would find a way to try and get as many of those players in there to give them as good a look as they could. I really do. Sutil Nuanas, 1290 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Dylan Rollins, 14 now, Division One. Offers. We'll talk a little bit about him, but we'll also use him as an example to talk about Montana football players in general. Next. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com.
How do you get 14 Division One offers coming out of high school? You'd be 6'5", 285 as a senior. And one other thing. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, great to be with you on this fine, fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are well. It is time now for our Prep Extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Now, for the rest of the week, it ends this week, you download the MyCard app and you use Zelle on that app to send money. It's the easiest way to send money. Send Every time you send $5 or more, you're going to be entered into a sweepstakes automatically. You don't have to register, you don't have to do anything. And then on Friday, it's all over. Somebody's winning $5,000. So download the MyCard app right now for Farmer State Bank. Coulter, uh, Dylan Rollins. We've talked quite a bit about Dylan Rollins and with good cause. He is uh, the number one football prospect of this class out of the state of Montana. And he uh, currently has 14 Division One offers and is probably going to have more before it's all said and done. End of last week, Oregon State and BYU got in on the offer mix. And then uh, over this weekend, Utah State also, uh, Jordan Love, shout out, got in there and uh, and offered Dylan Rollins uh, a scholarship as well. He's got, is it a preferred walk-on in Nebraska still, or is there money associated? A preferred walk-on in Nebraska, yep. Okay. He's also recently picked up an offer from Central Michigan, which is actually not a surprise considering Jim McElwain is totally. the head coach of Central Michigan. He's, a, I mean, Jim McElwain went to Sentinel. Went to so. Sentinel, yeah, Sentinel, Sentinel grad. How about that, getting out there. So there, there's, there uh, is a lot of look. Dylan Rollins is a great player, man. Great. I mean, six five two eighty five. If you saw him, you you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't believe that you were talking to a you know seventeen eighteen year old kid in terms of the uh, the makeup of that you know that frame uh it's 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 the real deal and he deserves everything he's got coming to him but also he i won't say he was overlooked he was in montana he is in montana and he is a prospect that I think there's a lot of Power 5 schools that are just searching for kids that look like he looks and plays the way that he plays yep and yet here he is and, you know, had a handful of offers, uh, which is great. I mean, like, if you're getting multiple offers, period, it's phenomenal. But he ultimately went down uh, to an elite camp in Las Vegas. Yeah, the best coast camp is what it's called. Uh, ironic that it's not on any coast, the no coast camp in Las <laughs> Vegas, if I'm correct, right? I mean, what are we doing? Are we going back to the to the, to the the Ice Age with the, you know, the glacier lake that reached down <laughs> into the Grand Canyon? What coast are we talking about in Vegas? Anyway, coming out of that camp, this is where a handful of new offers and some bigger schools, bigger conferences go, okay, yeah, this is this is... We're good with this. And we've talked about the proliferation of things like huddle and guys that can put together their, you know, their their tape and send it out. The problems with that are are twofold. The, the good thing about it is a whole bunch of people can get seen that couldn't get seen before, especially from rural places like the state of Montana. Definitely. The problem with it is Often the tape is such that it it isn't it doesn't give you a great idea of what it is you're looking at both in terms of the player and the competition. Right. And also because it has become the norm, these coaches are overrun with literally thousands of three minute, four minute, ten minute if you're doing it wrong, 
you know, videos that that at the end of the day just sort of all blend together and and whatever. You got to get seen and to go to camps where you're firsthand with coaches, with scouts, whoever it is, you know, recruiters and stuff like that from these schools. You know, that's where that's where some of this hay ends up getting made. And if you're in the state of Montana, that means you got to go. You got to get you got to go to the places where you're going to get seen if you want to be seen on that level and also maybe assess yourself a little bit. How how well do you stack up compared to, you know, other kids in the region? Yeah, I mean, it's really an interesting dynamic that's going on right now, actually, because uh, up until this year, I could only remember a handful of guys that ever earned any sort of star rating, let alone three-star ratings by recruiting services out of the state of Montana. Right. In this current about-to-be senior class, Dylan Rollins is a three-star recruit. Jace Klusarich is a three-star recruit. Kellen Dietrich out of Haver is a three-star recruit. What do they all have in common? They all went to camps. Kenneth Iden is a three-star recruit. They've all been to camps outside of the state of Montana. They've been to the Northwest Elite Camp, or they've been to camps on campuses at Big Ten or, or Big 12 or Mountain West or wherever the schools might be, invitational camps. I am interested, though, because it, there's no question that, particularly in the two college towns, but also in the, up in the Flathead Valley and and – in just a lot of different places in Missoula, there's a lot more affluency than there once was because there's a lot of people that are moving in from out of state. There's a lot of opportunity to make money uh, in a variety of different ways that aren't just steeped in agriculture and industry. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see a lot more affluent families, and affluency dire- directly relates to opportunity in sports oftentimes. Oftentimes not. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we see guys, I mean, the NBA is a perfect example of guys coming from disenfranchised backgrounds more often than not to make it to the NBA. The NFL... I actually uh, have been working on this new project, which I'll share a little bit later on once it gets a little bit rolling a little bit more. But uh, a recent study of demographics said exactly 50% of NFL players come from towns or communities of 50,000 people or less. I found that fascinating. Hmm. Guys from rural places have a better shot in the NFL. Why is that? I think we see it on a micro level with the cats and the grizz. But I'm so interested to see how uh, the boosted affluency plus the boosted exposure plus just the, the roadmap. Dylan Rollins is, is paving a roadmap for how you emerge from Montana to go big time. Yeah. And so I'm so interested to see if other people follow that, though. It's awesome for the kids. You love the opportunity that kids from Montana are getting. I've always thought there's a ton of kids from Montana that could play at a higher level in the Big Sky Conference. But that's also selfishly on our perspective and from Grizz and Cat fan perspectives, it's it's not the greatest thing because there's always been dudes who could play anywhere that just didn't get offered anywhere. It's so it's so interesting too. Like imagine if Lex Hillard would have went to a camp at Oregon State. Dude's going the Pac twelve. Yeah. Like he's going the Pac twelve. He just never, he went to camp at Montana and Bobby Hawk's like, Yeah, you're full ride. You'll start the day he walked on campus and he did. Um the 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 thing that I think also though is worth paying attention to and kids are often not good at this because they're kids and parents often are worse at this because they're parents and that is to be able to have a an honest assessment of how good you are and that goes two ways we always think about this of kids who think they're so great and wonderful and are actually mediocre right but there's a bunch of kids too who are great and got no clue how good they are no you doubt. know what I mean? Like, no there's doubt. some kids out there that can really play that are just like, well, you well, know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, kind of out it, here doing it, it, It's a great point because what – actually, that's actually a really great point because what did Dylan Rollins, Kenneth Iden, and Jace Kluswich all have in, co- in common? All three of their fathers were Division One athletes. Right. Two of which played 
college football, and I think Jace Kushwich's dad ran track here at the University of Montana. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that because he actually might have played football too. I know he has athletic ties though. So you have dads that know how to navigate. That understand. Yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah. be the other thing that's so Big interesting deal. too is that so, you know, guys that were coming up in Great Falls, most of their dads didn't have any opportunity whatsoever, whereas now you actually, I mean, like Josh Rollins, Dylan's dad, he played for the Cats in the late 90s. Yeah. That's a modern enough era. I mean, now you have young dads, basically. Do you know what I'm saying? That know how right. to navigate the modern day way of recruiting. Well, when I get, I'm going to see my dad tonight and I'm going to ask him, <laughs> Mostly, why am I not six five three bills? Like, <laughs> I mean, hook a guy up, man. You know why? Why'd you do this to me? Uh, all right. Well, I think it's interesting. Look, it's it's expensive. You know, it is. and even if you got the money to do it, it is expensive if, until if, you get a full ride at a at a prestigious institution. Well, right, but it's also even more expensive when you do when you pay the money and then don't. Sure, you know, and so it is about realism, no doubt. I think. You know, but you can't fault parents. I mean, if you got a kid that has the potential that Dylan Rollins is, yeah, you got to you got to oh, invest in that. Oh no 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 question. no 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 question. I'm just saying, like, here we are saying, hey, here's here's a great way to go about this. You know, spend X amount of thousands right. of dollars to get it to camps around the country, and then you know, well, and that's and your your kid ain't Dylan Rollins, and that's the irony of it because it's not. Although these guys are, this is a special group that's yep. in Montana right yeah, now, is. so you do have. Parents that are providing opportunities for kids, but then kids that have talent to match those opportunities. Right. There has been a lot of kids that have gone to big camps and come back with no star ratings mm-hmm. because they're just they're just not FBS caliber players. Last thing on this because I know yes. we got to get out yeah. from the just specific recruiting perspective on this. Now, though, I think that uh, I think Dylan Rollins has um, one of the most interesting decisions I've ever seen because not only does he have a variety of options here, but he has actual close ties to at least, I, I guess, five of the programs yeah. that he's been offered by. Yeah. He grew up in Missoula. He's similar age to Montana offensive line coach Chad Germer's sons. So yeah. he's played sports with them his whole life. So he has a personal connection. He's friends with the Germer family. Certainly. He could play at the University of Montana. He knows what the experience is all about. His father played at Montana State. Which is impactful first because every time you ever see Dylan Rollins, he's wearing a Montana State hat. He's wearing a Montana State shirt. He's a Bobcat guy. His brother plays for the Bobcats, so you have a personal connection there. But not only did Jim McElwain at Central Michigan go to Sentinel, he also then was the offensive coordinator at Montana State in the late 90s. Jim uh, Jim McElchich, the offensive line coach at Central Michigan, was the offensive line coach for Dylan Rollins' father. Okay, yeah. So you have, I mean, Josh can vouch say, I played for these guys. I know exactly what the experience is going to be like. Okay, so you have that, and then you have the two. As a proud Western Michigan alum, Dylan, you don't want to be a Chippewa. <laughs> Get him out of here. And then you got the, and then you have the two Utah schools because Dylan Rollins is, is an LDS kid, yep. and if you're an LDS kid that is going to wants to go on a mission, and I imagine he's going to, his older brother Brian went on a mission, it's pretty hard to say no to BYU. Right. Or Utah State. Or Utah State, State right? right. They both both have strong LDS connections. But, I mean, BYU, it's pretty tough to, to say no to that. I mean, that's kind of like the that's the, spot. the goal. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But then also that's going to be so impactful because, as we know, BYU does their mission situations different than almost anybody. That's right. They bring you in. They redshirt you. You go on your mission. And if they liked you, you're coming back. If they didn't, go somewhere else. I mean, Dylan Rollins playing on the offensive line at the age of 27 is a terrifying thought. It is. But then but then the mission thing comes into play, too, because it just depends on where they send you. Because sure. there's there's a lot of different ways that this can go. I mean, James Kowser, who played for Southern Utah. Yep, yep. I mean, James Kowser was 240 pounds coming out of high school. He was 200 pounds coming back from Thailand because he mm. said he hated the food. 
What? But then it also... Strike one, two, and three, James. How can you <laughs> but, hate Thai food? But then it was ironic because then he was able to build his body back up with pure lean muscle, mm. and that's why he became an NFL guy, and that's why he's in the league still. Yeah. But then you also have guys that go and, you know, they might be stationed in Southern California, and they go to In-N-Out Burger every day, and they don't. They come back the other side of the coin, yeah, and that yeah. ain't good either. So yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I do think this is a really fun story because, this, I mean, Dylan is the biggest recruiter out of the state of Montana in the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool that he's a Missoula kid because there hasn't been a guy from this city in Missoula that has been as uh, highly recruited as him. Hour two, NFL top 100. Overrated, underrated. Next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.